Welcome to the Project Fitness Podcast for fitness professionals and fitness enthusiasts who want to be better at life. Fitness is the greatest investment of anyone's life. However, it's not easily obtained, and anyone who says different is just plain wrong. Join award-winning personal trainer and strength conditioning coach Chris Fudge every Monday as he explores all aspects of fitness that can lead you to your optimal health. If you want to learn useful, practical how-tos of weight loss, exercise science, nutrition, or just how to optimize your time in the gym and life, this show is for you. On this week's episode of Project Fitness Podcast, we sit down with Ivy Knight. Ivy Knight is the founder of Girls Who Powerlift. Girls Who Powerlift is a fitness apparel brand, and she talks about her story of kind of getting into it, which is similar to a lot of people who lift weights in the beginning, who then get the iron bug and want to lift more. However, Ivy's story led her to actually encourage other females to do the same thing, get into the sport and lift some heavy weights. Beyond that, we talked about her relationships, we talked about her business, we talked about her gym, and we talked about some of the negatives that were associated with actually running a female-dominated business. So it was very interesting getting her her take on it and how she navigated around those things to make her business as successful as it is. So sit back, enjoy the show, Project Fitness, Episode 4. Okay, welcome everyone to another edition of the Project Fitness Podcast. And today we sit down with another special guest. Today we sit down with a powerlifting athlete, a teammate, a USPA state referee. I heard also a pretty good competition MC. (laughs) This is one of the people behind one of the most influential athletic clothing brands for female strength athletes. Her social media page is knocking on the door of 200,000 followers. The brainchild of Girls Who Powerlift, Miss Ivy Knight. Miss Ivy Knight, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm so excited I, to be here. I am very good. And, and I'm excited to talk, to talk to you. I like people like you. People like you are doing things that I enjoy. You're making an impact in a sport like powerlifting. So I like talking to people like you. I love that. Yeah, it's, that's important for me as well, like to make an impact. Mm-hmm. Well, we're going to talk today about some of the stuff that, you know, I want to know about how you kind of got into it, um, your brand, what it actually means, what it's doing now, what it's going to be going with. Right now where I am, I'm, I'm in Ontario, Canada. We're getting another foot of snow dumped on us today. Where are you located? Um, I am located in South Florida um, and it is like 87 degrees right now. <laughs> Oh, not jealous at all. (laughs) So much fun shoveling. (laughs) Um, So so why South Florida? Is that where you're always from? Do you choose to stay there? Um, We, well, I moved here when, with my parents when I was like 12. And then um, we just kind of, when my husband and I got married, we had, we wanted to leave because we had both been here for so long. Like I went to high school here, all that. And then um, we opened a gym. And then once you like open a business, like you're stuck, like, mm-hmm. because Girls Who Powerlift is like an online thing. We can go anywhere and I can work from anywhere, but with the gym, like the gym's location is here. And so now we're here. So, yeah. I mean, the only gym I've seen actually transport is the rock, like Dwayne Johnson, like he's got a big yeah. trailer. He takes it with them. And, and then he talks about like, it's no big deal to get a workout in. I'm like, yeah, Dwayne, Dwayne, yeah. <laughs> people can't just move their gyms with them. 
Yeah, no, we cannot. <laughs> so girls who power lift, um, you guys have a tagline in there, empowering women through strength. Mm-hmm. I, I love that tagline. And I can, I can break it down and have an idea of what it means, but where did it come from? You know, what does it mean to you and the brand itself? <clears throat> so that is, we came up with that because it's literally what happened to me when I started powerlifting. Like I gained so much confidence. I was empowered. Like it, it literally, it literally changed my life. Like if it wasn't just for starting with like a simple squat, like I would have never had anything I have into this point because I never even dreamed. I didn't have the, like, I didn't have the courage to start a business. Like I didn't have, um, it wasn't even a thought process for me. And then when I started powerlifting, it just kind of like spiraled into all of this other stuff. And it just empowered me to become the person that I am. And so that is kind of where that tagline started. It literally is from my story. So your story starts off, let me guess. You went to the gym, you're working out with, you know, probably a friend or a partner. And then they say, hey, why don't you try this exercise instead of the standard cardio? You did it. <laughs> and, and, and you're like, hey, this is something different. Is that mm-hmm. what happened? That is funny. I was listening to your, I was listening to the first couple episodes of your podcast and your intro, you were like, you're probably one of these three people. (laughs) And I was the overweight one that was going to the gym because I did want to lose weight or I wanted to do something. And then I was just, you know, on a treadmill or elliptical or something like that. And it wasn't until I met my husband that I had even touched like a free weight ever. And then it was him. He started getting really into powerlifting. He was like, hey, just try it. And that's literally where it started. I started squatting and and I I loved it. Yeah, it's kind of addictive, eh? They call it the Mm -hmm. addiction once you do it one time. So you're going to the gym, you're doing your standard stuff, you get under a barbell, you you fall in love right away, right? Mm -hmm. What what happened next? Did you sign up for a meet? Did you and your husband, like, you tag team run meets? Like, what happened next? So we, um, we were doing this out of a commercial gym is when we started. And then we found out the whole, the whole way that we even learned what powerlifting was, is because there was actually a, a meet in our area. And one of the people that my husband was friends with, um, he was like, yeah, there's this big meet and, you know, there's all these people and they're coming here to use the sauna. And so when he started looking into all of the people that were using the sauna, he started like he got really into what powerlifting was. We went to the meet and there we had met um, a local coach and a few of his, um, his athletes. And they actually trained at the community center, which is near us. So we started training with them. Um, And there was like a good mix of girls and guys. um, But I really had no, I never had any intention of competing ever. Like, I was like, no, I'm not wearing a singlet. I am not getting up in front of all these people. I am not doing any of that. And I was like, I'm good. Like, I'm good just learning the big three and the accessories. Like, I'm fine with that. And then a couple of the girls from the teams competed. And I was like, okay, I'm a little more curious now after like seeing them do it. And then we went to a couple more meets and then we we started, we started girls powerlift. And then there's this thing, like, you're not a powerlifter until you compete. And I'm like, I can't be this person who runs this brand. That's all about powerlifting and not compete. And though I kind of like, that was like the push for me to compete. Okay. So a little bit of peer pressure, but then also you, you said, I got to embody this myself if I've got it on a t-shirt. Yeah. 
Okay. So you went, you were lifting weights, then you started the, the business. And then mm-hmm. you said, well, I got to, I got to get on the platform myself. So was that shortly after, like, was the business going on for a while? So we had started, um, we started the Instagram page in July of 2015. And my first competition was, um, March of 2016. So shortly after. Okay. I remember seeing your brand here in Canada. Um, yeah, right around probably about four years ago. And I just remember yeah. it was like one of those, you take a second glance, you're like, that's a pretty cool tagline. And the next <laughs> thing you know it, it was all over social media, hashtag yeah. girls who power lift. And I mean, I, I have clients who are hashtagging it and not even knowing it was an apparel company. <laughs> it, yeah. it just became very popular. Yeah. Well, we never actually had intentions of doing power, like doing a, an apparel line. So it was like, this was in the beginning. Well, Instagram had just been introduced to Android and we had Androids at the time. And my husband was um, really big. He had a couple of clients that he consulted in social media marketing. So he was like, you know, all of the, the it was a shout out page basically is what mm. was all we meant it to be. So it literally was girls who power lift. And then once we started getting more popular, then people were like, oh, you should put that on a shirt. Oh, you should do this. You know, you should put this. I want a sticker. I want, you know what I mean? Like, I want to be able to represent in some way. And that's just kind of how the apparel started. It's funny, the uh, the sport of powerlifting, it's an individual sport. I mean, essentially, unless you're, you know, at an international level, where you're representing a country for teams. Yeah. It's an individual sport. It sounds like you've taken an individual sport and, and monetized the community aspect of it. Is there a lot of community, like when you started off and you said, hey, this is going to be for females. Um, did you see a lot of people were jumping jumping on board with that right away? So we, in the beginning, the whole point of me starting the page was because I was trying to find more women who were into powerlifting because all of the information out there was like geared towards men, but you know, try this if you're a girl too kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so we wanted to like get out there that like you know girls can do this too and be like you know do well at it and so that was the whole point of like getting out there and like talking about other women who were doing this um and the feedback was always in the beginning it was very 50 50 there were people that loved it and that were here for it and then there were some like old schoolers that were like you're just trying to be cute on the platform or you're just trying to show your ass or you're trying you know we got a lot of hate in the beginning and then you know you just kind of like keep going through it all and then you're like you you have to just I'm a big believer in proving yourself through actions as opposed to words. So we just Mm -hmm. kept doing what we were doing and like supporting the people that were supporting us. And eventually that kind of just continued to grow like organically. Wow. I never, I never would have guessed that there was any negative (laughs) to it. I guess my mindset is, Hey, the sport's growing. It's it's including both genders. You know, I'm a little, I'm a little bit older school, you know, in powerlifting, I've been around over a decade. And when I started there, we go to a meet, there'd be one, one female, two females. Uh-huh. So I remember the days when there wasn't, but when females came in here in Canada, there wasn't much negativity. It was more like, oh, you're a female that lifts weights. We got a sport. We need more of you. We have three. Yeah. Um, but you, you, you felt some negative, like what were people saying or doing or why did they like, why would someone even do that? So there was a, um, there was actually a full, and I'm not going to name names because it's unnecessary, but there is a full article written on a really popular website. 
And the whole point of it was we use a tagline um, or we use a hashtag like peach gang. Mm -hmm. And it was really just, you know, glute appreciation. Glutes are a muscle. Why is it like this big deal that, you know, a girl wants to wear shorts? And that's kind of like, that was like our angle was like, it's okay to like, you know, wear the shorts. And um, there's a full article talking about how it was just another way for girls to show their ass. And that was like, literally, that that was what they thought. And they're like, eventually, you know, all these girls are not going to want to stick to it. It's a hard sport. It's too hard for girls. Like that was the whole angle of the article. And, you know, now kind of looking back on it, like I know people that started when I started who are like world-class athletes in powerlifting. And so it's just, again, it's just a matter of like, we just have to keep going. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's kind of silly in my eyes. The, the, The sport is males against males, women against women right? Yeah. Age against age. <laughs> I, I mean, you're competing against your, your category. So it shouldn't matter if you male or like to me, I, I always found that kind of silly. Um, now, a few years ago, they changed one of the rules. Um, they made it mandatory that females, um, well, I think it was in Sweden, was it in Sweden where they said the females didn't have to wear shirts on deadlifts mm-hmm. and the IPF suspended them and says you have to. And then now, now they got the rule. Everyone's got to wear a t-shirt uh, when deadlifting. Um, I, I don't care either way. I, you know, for me, yeah. it's like, I think it, if everyone has to, it's fine. If everyone doesn't have to, to me, it's fine as well. Mm-hmm. Um, well what's your thoughts on that? When they made that change, were you like, which we so- could do yeah, I mean, in my personal opinion, I'm like, you do do whatever. I'm a rule follower. So <laughs> so typically I'm like, you know, if everybody has to wear, you have to wear it. If everybody doesn't. But I understand why people are upset because it was like, if guys didn't have to wear the t-shirts and girls did. So there kind of seemed like, it, I mean, a singlet is made so that it covers a certain amount of things. So mm-hmm. I understand that. Um, but if you're going to make the rule, you have to make it for both. Yeah. And I personally, I don't compete in what's the equivalent for your IPF? USAPL. I don't compete USAPL. USPS has always been, you can wear, you don't have to wear a t-shirt. That's where Mm -hmm. I compete. Um, So it didn't affect me, but I also understand why there was like, it was made a big deal. Yeah. And for anyone who's like listening and they don't power lift, just visualize that, you know, a wrestling singlet (laughs) on a stage, probably with some lights, maybe raised, above a room of people you don't know everyone everyone's staring at you and they're snug you don't you can't buy the loose singlet they just don't exist so they're (laughs) snug so everything is is there for everyone to see in your glory and sometimes the t-shirt can assist or or not but now the ruling is everyone must wear a t-shirt when they're doing um the three lifts when at one point you didn't have to in the ipf uh, federation yeah yeah, I remember when that came out, it was a bit of a, a shocker, but I was like, you know what? Just keep it keep it standard across the board. I think yeah. it's really fair for everyone, right? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, it's like that in other sports too. They don't really change the rules for male and female. It's just like, here's mm-hmm. the rules of hockey. The puck goes in the net. Here's the rules of football. The football <laughs> goes in the end zone. Like yeah. whether you're male or female, we're not going to change it too much. Yeah. I want to backtrack a little bit here and talk a little bit about your gym. Um, I had a few people on my Instagram today uh, ask a handful of questions they, or they wanted me to ask these questions to you. And, and one question specifically was uh, from a Simone. Simone was asking, how do you set up your gym? Because your gym is geared towards powerlifters, yes? Or strength athletes? It's geared towards strength athletes, yes. Okay, so her question was, how do you set that up? in in comparison to compete with commercial gyms are there any major differences that you have and you say we have this instead of this or did you just open it up and hope all people who want to lift heavy come 
So our gym is really, um, it's really big on community. So when like right now we have a group, there's a group of like 23 or 24 that are competing in the end of November. And so when we have that, we are really big on like, keep like making sure that everyone has someone there as far as powerlifting goes. Um, so we're, we're big. I mean, we do, we've got loud music. We've got um, the way that our gym set up is like, we have competition equipment there. We also have other, we have power racks and things like that, but we made sure to get like competition racks there. We have competition. Um, Cause in our, our, the Federation that we in, we use a deadlift bar, we use a squat mm-hmm. bar and we use a power bar. So we've got everything that you would need for a competition, like to prep for a competition. Um, but really for us, it's like, it's real big on community. And some people don't like how loud our gym can be. We're big on like, if someone's going for a big lift, everybody stop what you're doing and support this lifter unless they don't want it. But even then sometimes like, we're like, you still need to have this experience of everyone watching you because that's going to happen on the platform. Um, we even have like, we've got a couple um, Oli lifters and we're the same for them. Like, even though the majority of us are power lifters, like if you've got a, a competition coming up and you're an only lifter, like we're going to be there to support you. And so I feel like that is a big part of like the culture of our gym is support. Um, but like I said, we still have everything that you would need to get ready for a meet. In your opinion, when, when you're going to blast that music and someone's going to lift something heavy in the gym, do people lift more when that's going on? Um, I think it's like personal preference um, because then, you know, you've got like everybody likes different music and things like that. I, I personally, I feel like I can get in, I can get in it better when there's loud music and when there's a lot of like cheering and things like that going on. Um, But I think it's personal preference. (laughs) Yeah. It's a different game. I I work in a commercial gym. So Mm -hmm. when, when someone loads up a bunch of plates to lift, it's the best part is just watching other people's reactions Yeah, because in a commercial gym, people don't know, like they don't know why is there six, seven plates on that bar. And then, you know, a a man or woman lifts the weight and then you see people in the commercial gym looking. And then as soon as it's done, they look away at no point. Is there a clap at no point? Are they like, Hey, good job. It's just like something bad could happen or, or whatever, but uh, it's like watching a train wreck. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm usually in the back of the room, like, woo, I give me a shout out. I throw a couple of claps and, and yes. it's just not the same environment. So yeah, I can just understand that a your, your gym, people are going to be lifting more weights. I think it's just natural when people are cheering yeah. loud, you're going to be a little bit stronger. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in your gym, um, is there only a certain amount of members allowed? Like, is it, is it, a, is it a massive gym? Do you guys keep it small just to keep the business um, tight or what? Um, so we've got two different sides of our gym. We have our strength training gym, and then we also offer boot camps on a whole different side. There's like turf and different kinds of equipment on the other side. Um, and so it just kind of depends. Obviously, COVID has kind of like shifted the way that we do things. So we do try and keep um, smaller groups on specifically the other side, just because they're closer together. Mm-hmm. Um, but our gym is pretty, it's not the biggest. We have about like a hundred and 50 members. Um, but we're also open 24 hours. And so people come in at different times. So we try our best to not keep it too, too crowded, um, just for COVID reasons. But, um, yeah, as far as like membership, yeah, we've got, I mean, it's a decent size, but it's still considered like a studio gym or whatever it's called. Yeah. Boutique maybe. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. (laughs) Yeah. Is your gym just because of your backing with girls who power lift is, is your gym members mostly females? 
It's a solid, um, it's a solid split. A lot of our lifters um, didn't know. Well, it's interesting. So a lot of our lifters, like our, our main, like our original lifters came um, because they knew Corey and myself, my husband and myself. And, you know, because we've been going to meets for years now at this point. So a lot of them know us from meets and they came to our gym from there. And the cool thing is, is that when we started doing boot camps, our gym is still technically like we still like to consider even our boot camps like strength based. Mm -hmm. So what ends up happening is you bring someone who's maybe not comfortable with a gym setting, you put them in a boot camp class. And then as they get more comfortable in the gym, they start getting curious as what's going on on the other side why those girls are lifting a lot of weights or those guys are lifting a lot of weights. Like I kind of want to see what that's all about. And so we actually have brought over like a lot of the, a lot of now the girls that are lifting and that are comp like competition, like are competitive came from boot camps because they were just so curious. And then they too, like fell in love with the sport. So right now it's like 50, 50, we've got a good amount of girls. You also have a good amount of guys. So what do you say to someone who says, Hey, I want to try that, or I'm thinking of doing that. Um, I mean, really just, just try, like, what's, what's the worst that could happen? The worst that could happen. And we are really big on like, I don't, <laughs> there's a lot that could happen, <laughs> but let me finish my point. <laughs> um, there's, we try We, everybody, we've got a, a handful of coaches on staff. And so if we see someone is in there, then we'll be like, Hey, you know, this person's looking, can you work with her? for like, you know, just like a couple, an hour or so, and then go from there. Um, but we, there's always somebody available to help. So if somebody wants to try it and learn, then we are like, let's just try it. Let's see, let's see what happens, you know? Mm -hmm. So with your gym membership, do you get like a t-shirt says girls who power lift? Like, is that part of the, <laughs> the it could be. <laughs> it, I mean, it could be, you don't, we try and keep our gym and girls who power lift like separate. Obviously okay. a lot of them are, uh, are like, they, they buy like a lot of the girls buy from girls who power lift, but the gym is its own separate entity. Um, so we don't try to like, I don't know. We don't mix the businesses very often. So the businesses, are they yours and your husband's or do you run yes. one? Oh, you okay, can, you guys do that together. Okay. Mm -hmm. God, God bless you working with your husband that, that close. <laughs> <laughs> my, yeah. my, my wife's in the other room with the door locked. She knows I'm out here right now. Um, <laughs> So with, with Girls Who Power Lift, uh, your apparel company, you got a lot of products there. Um, what I noticed, one of the things was you got the old unisex um, sizes, which was mm -hmm. pretty cool. Mm -hmm. I imagine the majority of, of people who purchase from you are female, but do you still get a lot of males who purchase things? So the unisex sizes came um, because with like with blank companies, so like when a company they'll sell we don't actually specifically manufacture our t-shirts. We manufacture all of our bottoms. So the blank company is like, it's a set, it's like a standard sizing. And so what we found how was happening was that if you didn't fit into the standard sizing, you couldn't find something. I prefer unisex t-shirts. Like I love a good gym t-shirt, like mm -hmm. from anywhere. And so I was like, if I don't wear, like I wanted to, I wanted to wear my clothes too. And so we started selling unisex sizing. And then it also offers for like you to kind of like style it however you want. A lot of the girls like their, their stuff cropped or they want to cut the arms off or whatever it is. Um, so we offer a variety of sizes to make sure that everybody can has it have that. Um, but we do actually have a good amount of guys that buy our t-shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I, I know that for sure. 
That's really cool to see. You got the crop top shirts. Are crop tops allowed in um, the USPA? Um, yes, as long as it stays inside the singlet. Yeah, because they got rid of those in the uh, in the IPF. Oh. Yeah, they 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 ban them. Which I, you know, like as as a referee, like if you show me a T-shirt and I check it in. If I'm seeing like a belly top, it would be obvious, right? Yeah. But if you get a crop top that still fit, like still fits, it still fits, right? Like yeah. If it's not showing any skin on the side. So I remember having conversations with other referees and I'm like, if they have a large crop top and they're medium, it's just a t-shirt. Like, yeah. like it, should, it should be fine. But yeah, the IPF made a little bit of a, a stink over crop tops. Anyway, it's just yeah, a as long as there's no skin, As long as there's no skin showing, I mean, and yeah, it's, it's not a big deal. Yeah. With, um, with your business, you know, starting off where it did and then where it is now and stuff, have you, have you made a few, this is not my question because I someone asked who I think is actually <laughs> in similar apparel business said, you know, what mistakes were made early on in the business or lessons you've learned early on in the business with working a fitness apparel company? Um, I think that one of the things that we are, are coming back from now is like, sometimes you get this fear of like doing, let me think of how to explain this. You have this fear of like, of, of focusing on one thing or the other. So for us, because we came from like, um, we were a shout out page for so long, then we were like, okay, now let's focus on the apparel. It's, it, there needed to be a balance. And I think there was a point where we were like, sale, 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 sale. And we weren't really talking to our community and we weren't talking to our customers. And I mean, essentially our friends, like those are, they're, they're people that we have, you know, known since when we first opened and, or we first started and then, you know, they're still our, they're still follow us. And, you know, not everybody that follows you is going to buy from you. Mm -hmm. Um, but they follow you because they fell in love with your company. They fell in love with like who I was, they fell in love with me essentially like my story. And so there needs to be a balance of making sure that we're listening to the community, but also being able to continue running our business with sales. And so for everything that we do, going forward we always make sure that like we're not just putting something out there for sheer putting it out there but there's like a reason behind it there's a message behind it there's like something like emotional and personal that goes behind it so that was one of the mistakes that we had made and then like we're kind of like we had built ourselves out of it again so involving the community what have you done to do that you guys have a um you have like a, I don't know if you call it a brand ambassador, but you have, you have girls that uh, represent your brand, right? What would you call we those do. sponsored athletes or? We call them ambassadors. Ambassadors, okay. <laughs> um, yeah, so we call them ambassadors and our ambassadors are, are the, the epitome of what we want to see in powerlifting. So they're competitive, but they're also like, they're big on educating. They're genuinely like, they're genuinely amazing, nice people, but they mm -hmm. want to help. And that is like the epitome of what our business is. You've got a, uh, you got a Canadian up there actually. We Chris do. Yeah. Christine Castro. Yeah. One of our, yeah. one of our uh, supreme lifters here in Canada. Um, you talk about uh, spreading your message and stuff and, or they want to help out with the education components. What are you looking to get from those ambassadors? Are you asking them to, you know, run workshops or just like, just wear the gear and like live the life? Um, wear the gear and honestly, all of it, wear the gear, live the life. But if you have an opportunity to do something, I mean, we had started that like 
encouraging to do things like pre-COVID, <laughs> like right before COVID, mm-hmm. we're like, hey, we want you guys to get out there and like do, oh, never mind. Um, <laughs> um, so yeah, so we do want them to have more, um, more of a share of like, you know, hosting events. We actually, one of our girls um, in, she's in England, but she was working in Germany at the time. Um, but she actually ran like a whole um, workshop. It was like a big three workshop. Um, we have some of our girls do like, they will host booths at meets, things like that. So we do encourage them to get out in the community and like teach and grow women's powerlifting, um, but really just live the life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we've got, uh, so I'm, I'm a meet director down here and, and we mm-hmm. ran a couple we ran a couple of big meets here. One meet we did at a oh, just shy of 400 athletes. And stuff. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we're getting, uh, you know, we're getting the 50-50 split male and female. So maybe we can get girls, uh, girls who power lift to be one, yeah, of our, one of our big sponsors when we go back to running meets when things open up down here. You have a uh, commercial, I don't know if you call it a commercial. I saw it on YouTube and it's like, why do you lift commercial? Is it oh, yeah. not a commercial or an advertisement? And uh, I thought it was so well done. Like I was fired up. I'm sitting in a computer chair and I wanted to just go like lift some weights and stuff. Um, but the premise of the, you know, why do you lift was pretty cool, but you know, why do you lift or, or why do people who represent your brand lift? What's the common reason why they lift? Um, honestly, it, for me, it's bit, I'm, it was a lot of mental health. Um, for me, like I came from, I didn't come from, I wasn't athletic as a kid at all. Um, and so when I started lifting, it, it built, it, it builded me so much. And I, I started to create, like have confidence. And I started to like, really like focus on what my body could do, not necessarily what my body looked like. And that just helped me all around that helped my mental health. And it kind of gave me the courage to get help for things that I needed to get help with. Um, because I just felt like if I was strong enough to do these lifts and I was strong enough to hit the PRs that I was hitting, then I was strong enough to get life PRs too, if that makes sense. And so why, and I think that from the things that we talk about on, on our Instagram and blogs and things like that, I think that that is true for a lot of women who, who lift, they do it really for their mental health. They do it to continue to build confidence and to feel good about themselves. Um, and so that is like, that's a big, that's a big thing. I would love to see powerlifting as a subject in high school phys ed. Absolutely. Imagine, imagine, I don't know if it's segregated down there where there's, there's split male and female. In some schools here, it's just female phys ed, just male, some it's together. But how cool would it be? Like, just think of yourself, you know, being in high school and all of a sudden you're in, you're in powerlifting 101 for the next three yeah. months. Like that's what you're learning. And then, you know, someone like, like, like you comes in and yeah. says, I'm going to teach you how to lift some heavy ass weight what that would do to, to young girls. Do you think it would, it would change mindsets or change or build some confidence in today's uh, younger, younger genders of female? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there are some, so when I was in high school, I sound like an old person. When I was in high school, um, I did a weightlifting class and they, the teacher was like, or the coach, 
it was a football coach that was running the weightlifting club. He based, it was me and two other girls. And he was like, Hey, you guys go over there. And he sent us over to the stretching area. And we basically just sat there and talked the whole time while he taught the guys how to lift. And now thinking about that, I'm like, imagine if I had actually learned how to lift, who would I have been? But, you know, we have seen, there's a lot of, um, a lot of girls that are learning how to lift now who are in high school or younger. Like we, one of our ambassadors is, um, Addison Navarro. She's now 12 and she's been lifting since she was nine. She's a little beast of like obsessed with her. And she just like, she has even gained confidence even as a young girl. So I can imagine if this would be taught to young girls at an earlier age than in schools everywhere, then yeah, we would probably have a whole different generation of girls who aren't afraid to do anything. (laughs) Why do you think that that stigma is there? Why do you think people say, you know, this sport's for males, it's not for females, or the fact that just weightlifting or barbell training, you know, is is separate? Um, I think that for so long, women were just seen as like the, the helpers and the makers and like, you know, you stay home and cook and clean and take care of the kids. And, you know, we're, it's just in recent history, especially like U.S. history, where women have rights and women weren't able to stand up for themselves. They weren't able to do things like vote. They weren't able to get the equal pay, things like that. And I feel like that's a big reason even still today, where it's just this old school mentality that women are just considered weaker. And so therefore they don't belong in a strength sport. I find that just, it rattles my brain. Even my mother-in-law, you know, her, uh, her, her father-in-law didn't think she was allowed to have a credit card. So I'm talking like, we're going like 50 years ago when we weren't allowed to have credit cards. And I'm like, what do you Mm -hmm. mean? And then she's like, yeah, like we weren't. I'm like, what? (laughs) It it, it blows my mind, you know, and and I'm married to a a freak of a feminist there. So, uh, (laughs) you know, I I grew up with a bunch of strong females around me and then, and then I got Mm -hmm. her in my life. So I kind of live it and I see it and and she teaches phys ed. So she, she does a similar thing, but I just feel that if you were to rewrite the, the education system or the curriculum for, for high school, if you put in something like that for females, it would really make a big difference. And, uh, you know, with a couple of things that happened the other day there in your country, who knows what will happen another uh, couple decades. There might be some, some changes with um, women coming above and beyond. Especially yeah, hopefully. <laughs> what are some of the craziest things? Like when you started doing some of the powerlifting, was there anyone in your social circle or in your family or someone that they said, Ivy, like, you got to be careful, you know, mm-hmm. you, you could look like a man in a week. Like, was there any like weird thing? <laughs> that people may have, you know, confronted you or said to you when you started doing barbell training? Um, my, my mom has always been really supportive. My family's been supportive of it. Um, my mom actually went to a meet and she like loved it. She's, she's like, I want to do that too. Um, so she started, she's not a power lifter, but she does go to the gym and she like picks up the weights. She's cute. Um, um, but I did have, I was working at my, at a job before this is before I took girls power on full time. And I was, lifting and I was like you know you you know like when you learn something new you're excited so I was telling some of my coworkers and my manager at lunch and and she was that one she was like well you don't want to lift too much and you start looking like a man okay and then and then um she said to me one day well maybe if you stopped lifting and started walking more you would lose weight faster 
And I was like, like at the time I wasn't where I am now, like mentally and like with confidence. And I just kind of like brushed off. Like you, you really don't know what you're talking about. And, um, but now I like, I wish, I wish that I could have said more, (laughs) like really let her know, like, that's actually false. (laughs) There's a lot of science behind lifting weights and like, you know, it's really about diet and all of that stuff. But there's, I mean, I haven't really, I have a very small circle and I'm thankful for that because most of the time, like my close friends and family have always been very supportive of what we do. Well, that's awesome. Well, yeah, I'm, I'm glad it wasn't anything, um, anything else like that. Uh, yeah. The idea of lifting and then looking like, sometimes I'm always like, man, I, I wish I just lifted a little bit heavier. I might look a little bit more manly myself. <laughs> I'm like, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. Yeah. I, I look like what I look like. It doesn't change my masculinity versus femininity, <laughs> which is another thing that's kind of a bit, um, it's a bit ironic because some people will have that thought process that if you lift weights, mm. you look, you look more male, don't do the sport, but it's women versus women. Like it's yeah. always <laughs> like, it doesn't even matter. Like if everyone starts looking more like male, they're not going to switch over and go into the, the male category, you know, like it's women versus women. Exactly. So that, doesn't, that doesn't even change mm-hmm. anything. Yeah. The barbell. Yeah. It doesn't little, make sense. <laughs> yeah. It makes, it makes no sense to me. And uh, today everyone's got access to Google. Like, like figure the shit out like <laughs> lifting weights doesn't doesn't do it but hopefully a few more generations down the road that'll kind of uh cease to exist yeah um i know your husband does a little bit of the social media background like as you mentioned earlier on mm-hmm. what have you guys done this was another question that came up what has he done or you you guys done that you found very productive at increasing you know your 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 space on the internet world with social media Um, so in the beginning, it's so funny. We were just talking about this. Um, we, we used to post a lot and this is back when Instagram didn't have an algorithm. Mm -hmm. Um, but really like the biggest thing about, about, and that's how we grew like our initial following. We don't post as much anymore. Um, but we definitely use things like we schedule posts. We kind of like, we know we, we, in order to balance, like we know when our, our releases are and when our releases are there, like we are, you know, that is our focus. But then anytime that we don't have a big release, we're making sure that we're um, posting education or posting our blogs or posting like things that will help inspiration, things like that. But as far as like, um, for us, like our email list has been incredible because that's something that you now have, like as far, if anyone's trying to like grow a business an email list is huge. Um, and yeah, really just listening to your audience. Like we ask a lot of questions. Like we're constantly asking, like, what do you guys want to know about? What are you having? What are you struggling with? Um, where could you, you know, what do you need help with? Things like that. Like we're really big on, um, serving our audience and serving our customers because they're going to tell you what they want to see, what they want to hear, what they want to learn about. Um, and then also our Facebook group, we use a lot more and we pick their brains a lot in our Facebook group. We're like, we just released a bag, um, a gym bag, which is our first. And they were a big, our Facebook group was, was really helpful because we're like what do you guys need like what what are you looking for and that's when we came up with the belt pocket and like you know all the pockets on the inside and like we would show them like prototypes and things like that and they're like oh change this do that so I think that my biggest advice would be to ask ask your help uh, ask for help use your use your audience because no matter how big or small it is they're going to give their input that's the beauty of the internet right now um they're going to give their input and they're going to tell you what they want to see 
don't, don't most businesses pay people to come in and tell them what to do? And, and you're just <laughs> asking your customer and they're like, well, we want this. And then you do it. Yeah. Sounds like they were making mistakes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I, I think, I think that's phenomenal that you use, uh, you use your audience and then you address it. Has anyone ever said anything that's just like ridiculous? Like we want girls who power lift suspenders. And, and we, like, <laughs> I don't think that'll fly. So this is actually a funny story. We actually have had people ask for, and this is no, no shit. If you hear my dogs, I'm so sorry. Um, <laughs> we had someone ask for like a skirt. I don't know if you know what that is, but it's like shorts. I do win the back and like a skirt in the front and we were like mm, maybe not um no no offense to anyone who wants those it's just not really gonna work for a deadlift like you're gonna get stuck <laughs> um and then we also had a little bit of a language barrier we had a couple I don't know if this is a Canadian thing but this is definitely a European thing where they were asking for vests and we were like what is what do you mean a vest like we're thinking like a suit and like a vest that you button up and we're like, why would we do that? Like, it doesn't make any sense. But I think it's like, like a muscle shirt is what they essentially wanted, like a tank top. And so that was a little, that was a little confusing in the beginning, but we figured it out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You started making these muscle shirts with buttons on them. As yeah. A, <laughs> yeah. I, I don't see those, those selling too well either. <laughs> um, before COVID, had actually hit, you had mentioned something about um, uh, web webinar, no, sorry, not webinars, um, seminars or something. Do you mm -hmm. guys, do you guys, were you doing that before COVID or what did you have lined up to do? And then COVID kind of took you down. Like were you gonna travel and do these workshops or what? So we had actually had at our gym, um, Girls of Powerlift hosted an Iron Sisters, Iron Sisters, I can't remember what it used to be. Yeah. Iron Sisters, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the Iron Sisters yeah, is the... We got the it's from Canada. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and they had come to our gym and they did um, a seminar there and that kind of inspired us. And so we were like, let's do our own. And we had all, everything was, was working and we were gonna do that in the summer of 2020 and then COVID started, but it's still something that we wanna do. And in lieu of that, we did like a, a virtual seminar um, and that was great. It was really good. And so that is something that we want to do. We want to do a, like a women's, um, a women's health seminar and then a women's like lifting seminar is what we want to hopefully do this year, <laughs> this year or 2022, depending on what happens in the world. So well, I somehow got, got invited to the iron sisters thing. Um, as, as a male, I got in there. Um, when you do yours, is it going to be a female only or would you let anyone come and want to learn, but it's going to be geared or, or identified for females? Yeah. So the one thing that I think is like, has been a big learning process for me was that it is a female based brand, but there are so many male coaches that that want to learn more about how to help their female, co their female clients. Like my husband, he, he programs for a couple of girls in our gym. And that's like, his big thing is like always trying to find research for girls specifically, like for women's bodies specifically. And so I probably would open it to anyone, but I would want to make sure that like, it's legit. You're doing this for the right reasons. You're yeah. not just trying to pick up chicks. <laughs> <laughs> I never thought of that, but yeah, I'm sure someone definitely would do that. Um, what's the difference? You know, you said your husband programs for females. Um, is there any things that if, if there's a female listening right now and say they just want, they want to get into powerlifting, any suggestions you'd have for them that would be different? Say, hey, you're female. So here's a difference compared to your male counterpart when it comes to lifting or competing. 
Um, I honestly don't have an answer for you because he does all the programs on his own. Um, <laughs> I don't coach at all. Um, but I mean, I think that if you really think about like our bodies are made differently, like we are made to have children, we're made, we have our periods, we have, there are things that happen in a woman's body that don't happen in a male's body. And those are all things that need to be taken into consideration. Like he just recently learned, I will give you a little tip. He just recently learned like the way, um, like he's trying to help one of his clients, like build her glutes, not just for, for strength reasons. And so he was just like learning how like our hips are actually shaped differently and like all this stuff. So women's bodies are different. Um, mm -hmm. and so it is, it, it is beneficial for there to be information out there that explains all that. A fun fact for you, uh, for you females listening, your testosterone levels will actually be at their highest in your entire life in your second trimester when you're carrying a baby. So technically you should have your biggest bench around, you know, the month four of being pregnant, but I don't recommend. Yeah. <laughs> um, Good yeah, to know. <laughs> yeah, now, now, now we know. Does your husband ever program um, for you or some of the other females that you know of um, differently and how your cycle actually affects your, your training? I have some clients where we work around that. We do it differently and some other clients, it doesn't matter at all. Yeah. For me, um, for me, I do it. I, I train differently around my cycle. Um, and he did, he used to program me and now I have a different coach, but he used to program me and I would, you know, I, it was, it's big. I'm big on communication when it comes like to the coaches and athletes, because for me, I was, I used to be where I would be afraid to complain, not afraid. Like I was scared of him, but like, <laughs> I didn't like, I don't love complaining. Cause I feel like it puts a burden on someone else. And so for me, that was always a big thing. So I would just kind of like bear through it, but I would always find that I would have the hardest time doing certain things around my cycle. And so it just kind of, we started communicating about it. And so we kind of switched things up a little bit, like, you know, just do what works for your body at the time. So typically around like the heaviest days, like I will bench as opposed to squatting or deadlifting. Um, because I just feel like, you know, all the bracing and things like that just hurts, you know, it's just, it's just nature. So yeah, I, I personally like to, but I also know that some girls just like would prefer to just keep doing what they have to do. And like, it works for them, but I think it just depends. I mean, that's the thing about women too, is like, everyone's different. Like our periods are all different you know, whether you get cramps or whether, you know, your heavy days, light days, all that stuff. I, have, I mean, so it's just kind of depends. I think it's personal preference and what works for you. So in the beginning, you didn't want to complain about it. You didn't want to say anything. No. <laughs> so I take it you didn't. Then eventually you had that conversation. Hey, we need to adjust something here. Yeah. Was there a long timeline until you said that? Um, I think that I would like, yeah, I would, I think so. There was a couple of years there that I just was like, I would put it all in myself. Like I was like, no, I should be able to do this and I can't do this. Therefore I'm weak or therefore I'm not a good lifter or there, you know, I like put it all in myself instead of like, and, you know, looking at the bigger picture, like, no, it makes sense that things don't, you know, if you're asleep, if you're not sleeping properly, if you're not, you know, if your nutrition isn't great, if you're not taking enough water, it makes sense for all of this. That doesn't mean it's not a personal attack on your personality. <laughs> it's just, you know, nature. 
so yeah, there was, there was a long time where I kind of like blamed myself for everything. And therefore I wouldn't say anything. Cause I just tried to be better. And then, you know, once I think it was probably, I said, that's the reason why he was my coach for so long is because <laughs> I would have moments where I would just be in like full on tears and he'd be like, what is going on? <laughs> and he's my husband. So he would know. And he'd be like, babe, it's yeah. okay. Like this is nature and let's just work around it. So there's benefits to having your husband as a coach. <laughs> if there's, if there's uh, some females listening right now and they are in a similar situation that you were once in where they feel like it's, it's, it's not a positive thing to complain about that, what advice would you, would you want to say to them? Um, I think I would just say that instead of like change the language in your head, it's not a complaint. It's what is, it's true and what's actually happening. And if you can change it, you can change it. If you can work around it, work around it. But it's not a, it's not, there's not something wrong with you. It's not a personal, like, um, it's, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing wrong with you. It's just what's happening in the moment. And let's see if we can figure it out. It's like a math problem. You just, because, you know, there there's, N isn't equaling what you want it to equal, figure out how to find the solution. I love that. And I think that if anyone was listening to this just for that last five minutes, I think that last five <laughs> minutes would be a golden nugget. Um, Cause I think that's a very common thing. And when, when I work with females, that's actually one of my first questions on an intake form, you know, does your cycle affect your training? And if so, we need to work around it. Um, yeah. When I talk to other male coaches and I mention that you just see the eyes be like, well, why would I, why would I, I'm like, God, <laughs> but pick up a textbook. Like you got to fit a talk to your sister, yeah. talk to your wife. Like these things aren't, 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 you know, they, they matter. These are questions. that need Yeah, to. absolutely. But besides that, I think everything else is pretty much the same, you know, when it comes to lifting barbells between men and women. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I've appreciated your time so far here and I'm cautious of it. I don't want to take up too much of your time. So as we just get to the end here, 2021 just kicked off. What, what are you looking forward to this year for girls who power lift? What's on the, the horizon? Um, we have done a lot of work behind the scenes um, to get ahead as far as we can for our like launches, because then what we really want to do is continue to focus on educating our community. And so we do have a lot of like, like new, we're changing the way that we do our blog. We're changing the way that we um, introduce things like we would like to do more. If we can't do in-person um, seminars, we want to do more virtual seminars. Um, so yeah, we have, we're excited to like launch all of that coming up. Um, and yeah, pretty much it. We're like, we're, we're really focusing on educating this year. Cause I think that like the thing that we realized in 2020 was that we needed to learn how to serve our audience better. And that's what our focus is going forward. Yeah. 2020 caused a lot of problems for people. <laughs> it's nice to hear that you've found uh, some solutions for yourself. Um, and I think the fan base will be very appreciative of that. I'll, I'll end this now with thanking you for your time and I know that people who listen to this on my side up here in the North are going to be very happy to actually have a face with, with the brand girls who power lift, <laughs> uh, especially a lot of my female clients specifically. So uh, thank you for your time today. I'll leave you with stay positive in life and negative in COVID. Yeah. <laughs> and, I, and, I, and I hope to see you in person sooner than later. Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me. Thank you so much, Ivy. Have a great day. Thanks. You too. Never stop learning because life never stops teaching. 
If you've learned at least one thing from this podcast and your mission is to help other people, please share this podcast with them. And a reminder, we will be releasing one episode every Monday for the entire year. So make sure to hit subscribe so you get the updated information as soon as possible. Today is the first day of the rest of your life. And thank you so much for allowing me to be part of it.